Welcome back to the Boneyard Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Jared Shaffit, along with... Artemis Brower. We're coming to you this week with episode 98. Artie, 9-8. 9-8, baby. 9-8. We two away. We're two we away. two away from and triple digits. We are on the calendar with our interview for episode 100 later this week. Mm-hmm. And guys, uh, I'm... Until it's finalized, we're not going to announce it. Right, but it's it's a big one. It's, it's a big. A big one. One. We've had we've had big ones before, but this is definitely this is this is up there. When it this comes to ECU, this this is a big one. We've had big ones that don't pertain to ECU. Yeah, but that's not us. Like we're an ECU podcast. We don't talk to random coaches or random people like other podcasts do. Right, we talk to ECU people, and that's what we're doing. We're going to talk to an ECU person. This week, and he'll be ready for episode 100. We're going to bank that interview. Y'all are in for a treat. We're excited about it. Artie, how you doing, my man? Doing good, man. Doing doing real good. Starting starting work, getting getting adjusted to this new schedule, this new workflow. Still getting everything in, in the apartment, but everything is starting to kind of get to a, to a nice even flow to where I'm just kind of, I'm not taking a sigh of breath yet and, and not really calm yet. I don't know when that's going to happen, but it's it's not as bad as it was a few weeks ago. I'll say that. So, how about you, man? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, we've we've moved in and got everything going in, in the house, and uh, I mean everything's kind of running smoothly so far. I, I mowed the lawn for the first time. Uh, yeah, yesterday. saw that tweet. Saw and, that tweet. And uh, yeah, man, it it it's going well. I I got a new lawnmower, new weed eater, and and leaf blower, and went to town, man. This lawn probably hadn't been mowed in a month. Now, now, now answer this. Are we doing push or are we doing riding lawnmower? Push. Okay. Okay. Yeah, man. Now, is, is the yard not that big or you just prefer the, the, the push? The push well, lawnmower? the backyard could probably use a, a riding lawnmower. It, it's a fairly decent sized backyard. Um, mm-hmm. I think, I mean. About half an acre? I, I wouldn't say it's that much but we're, we're closing in on it i mean i think i think yeah. the land size is about four tenths of an acre um okay. total and so yeah but like the thing with the, i have a i have a riding lawnmower that i could use but the thing with that is we got to have somewhere to put it which we do but logistically it doesn't work because the way the gate works um, going to the backyard, it, it's hard to get back and forth between the front yard and backyard. So push pushing is going to do it. And, uh, I'll, I'll get my steps in, get my, my cardio in on those days. Um, especially when it gets hot, I'm, I'm not looking forward to that. I, I went through several sports drinks yesterday and several beers <laughs> afterwards and man, I was yeah. feeling it. Like I said, I, I had to go over the yard twice because it hadn't been mowed in a month at least mm. and uh man i was it took me about two and a half hours to do the whole thing to weed eat to mow and everything and just because it was so so dang high not gonna let it get that high again but we didn't have a lawnmower until until uh saturday and we, we really needed to get one um so that way we could mow the yard i know well, i know our neighbors were probably like cussing us because of how bad it looked I'm happy to see you're out doing your house duties. Next step is fatherly duties. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm excited about that too, but that that's to be determined. Nah, I, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to rush you. I, I, I see. I see you getting red. I ain't trying to rush you. But yeah, Artie, episode ninety eight. We're uh, we're both in new digs, and we're both mm-hmm. uh, enjoying life. And it's a good time to be a pirate. ECU baseball is finally starting to click on all cylinders. But let me talk to you about number 98. You got a number 98 for me? I think the only one appropriate is the one we had in the notes. That's, That's for Joseph. sure. Linville Joseph. The only, it's the only one appropriate. It's the only, only one we need to name, Linville Joseph. The tank, the hoss, the monster that is Linville Joseph. Yeah, so Linville Joseph, as everybody knows, defensive tackle, 6'4", 329 pounds. He's out of the Virgin Islands, East Carolina University grad, alum. No, that I did not know. I didn't know he came from the Virgin Islands. That, yeah, that's news to me. I didn't know that. He's from Christiansted, U.S. Virgin Islands. Wow. Born and raised in the Virgin Islands? I, I guess so. I, I don't have his full bio in front of me, but I would, I would, assu- I would assume so. Maybe, maybe not, but if somebody has – no, he, he – Played high school ball in Florida, so okay. I'm guessing he, he's out of Florida, but born in, in the Virgin Islands. That's that's incredible. I'm wondering if there's like a military uh, background to that, or was he or was his family just living in the Virgin Islands? Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to get him on the pod and ask him. That's interesting. But two-time Pro Bowler and defending Super Bowl champ Linville Joseph. Uh, yeah, I mean, great career at, at ECU and had a pretty damn good career in the NFL so far. He's not finished yet. Um, he, he's going into his age 34 season. So, yeah, shout out Linville Joseph, number 98. But, Artie. What you got? It's 420. Blaze them. But we're not talking about weed products. We're talking about CBD products. <laughs> Got to put that disclaimer out there. We're not talking about THC. We're not talking about weed. CBD is not the same thing as weed. Okay? You're, you're not going to get the psychoactive uh, effect that you will get if you partake in 420. Um, we, we don't discriminate against 420 on this podcast. Artie definitely does not discriminate against 420. <laughs> but uh, Artie... This episode of the Boneyard Podcast is brought to you by Can I Brands, whose CBD and wellness products are specially designed and manufactured right here in the great United States of America to help you be at your best. Use the promo code BONEYARD25 for 25% off on canibrands.com and canai-wellness.com. Once again, canibrands.com and canai-wellness.com. Can I Brands will get you the the CBD products, can I hyphen wellness gets you non CBD products. If that's not your thing, use promo code boneyard 25 for 25% off. Artie. What's going ECU on? ECU baseball is getting hot. Yes, sir. About damn time. About damn time. Five straight, seven out of nine. Um, bats are, are definitely hitting on all cylinders. We're finally starting to get the kind of consistency that we wanted to see from this team all season. We're start, starting to separate ourselves from that loss column, eight games over 500. We still have to deal, you know, deal with an at-large bid, deal with trying to compete with teams like Tulane and other uh, teams in the American right now. 
but sky's the limit. Still, you know, we're in the driver's seat. We control our own destiny. We're not in a situation where the season is a wash or, you know, better luck next year or what the hell happened. We still have all the talent and the opportunity in the world to still accomplish maybe what we were trying to do at the, at the beginning of the season. So we're still in the driver's seat. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you said it. ECU's outscoring their opponents 47 to 11 in their last five games. That Those are the five games since we talked last week. Mm-hmm. Um, big win over UNCW yesterday. Big series sweep against UCF, who is one of the top four teams in the conference, in my opinion, right now. Yeah. And the big thing was the pitching was consistent this weekend. The hitting was consistent this past weekend. We needed to carry on and keep on moving going into the next couple of weekend series against, I mean, Tulane and then Cincinnati. Those are big series that if you can, Mm -hmm. if you can find a way to, to win the series this weekend, I mean, you're, you're really sitting pretty looking at, uh, looking at the conference tournament and putting yourself in a good position to make the, make the college world series. Yeah. And I think the last time we talked, we, we had talked about, you know, the next four to five to six games a game, you know, we have to go at least four and two or, you know, five and one would be great. We're, we're doing that. You know, we're, we're five and zero in our last five games. Now this Tulane series coming up uh, this weekend is going to be absolutely huge because Tulane, I think right now is sitting number one in the conference, if I'm not mistaken, right? Now, we're, uh, we're number one in the conference. We're number right one now. in the conference. Okay. okay. Uh, Tulane has one game back in the conference. So this weekend can play. I mean, this weekend's big. Really, the next two because Tulane is Tulane is sitting one game back. Cincinnati and Houston. Cincinnati's also one game back. Okay. Uh, Cincinnati comes to town the the following weekend. Comes to Greenville, and then I believe in a, in about a month we play Houston. So um, I'm I'm looking at my my schedule. Yeah. So our our next. Four weekends are Tulane, Cincinnati, mm-hmm. Memphis, South Florida, and then you finish the season against Houston at home. Lots of big opportunity to really put your stamp on it and, and make it where it's well known the only team or the best team in the conference is East, is Carolina. East Carolina. Yeah. I mean, outside of this Tulane series, I mean, every everybody that you mentioned, these are teams that we should we we can sweep. We can we can absolutely sweep the rest of this schedule, this American schedule, in my opinion. Now, is that going to happen? Probably not. Maybe not. But it could happen. I think you go into New Orleans this weekend, you win that series, and you at least go two one out of three, and you you know going into Cincinnati, you're sitting at twenty five and what would that be? Twenty five and sixteen you know, almost knocking on the door of having a 10 game lead or an 11 game lead, you know, above 500. That's when you start to say, okay, we can really submit ourselves as the team that's going to get that at large bid coming out because now we know nobody's going to be hosting. So at least not from the American. So now we can, you know, start to consider an at large bid. We can still compete for this American athletic conference championship. So this two lane series, like you said, this is the biggest thing going into the weekend coming out of this series with at least a win. I don't, I don't think we need to sweep this series. Obviously I would love to sweep this series, but at least going in 
going coming out 2-1 heading into Cincinnati. I think that's the goal. Yeah, the Pirates haven't lost the American Athletic Conference series since 2018. I believe that was against Houston where Houston came in and swept us mm-hmm. um, here in Greenville. Now, Artie, my question to you, ECU sitting at 23-15 and 15 on the year. You got 18 games left, right? You got a mm-hmm. game next week, a midweek game against NC State at home. You got a uh, – wait, no. That NC State game is on the road next week. So I, I, I was scrolling up too far. Uh, you got Tulane this weekend, NC State the next. Then you got Cincinnati, Memphis weekend, Duke, South Florida, Campbell, and Houston. Mm-hmm. 18 games left. Once again, we're sitting at what? What are we sitting at? Twenty three and fifteen. Yeah. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility of going fourteen and four. I was thinking that same thing over the I was next that same thing over the next couple of, of weeks, guys. This team still has a chance to get forty wins on the season with the American Athletic Conference tournament. Mm-hmm. I mean that that getting to that forty win mark that's usually the mark that every college baseball program wants to get to every year, and not many teams do. ECU still has has a open door. NC State hasn't looked that great lately. They don't look as good as they did a couple weeks ago when we played them at at home. Guys, I think I think ECU can definitely get to fourteen and four over the next month or so that's left in this season. I agree. And, and to be honest with you, we don't really have a choice. <laughs> I, I, at, at this point, if, if we want to get to where we want to get to, um, if we still want to win a conference championship and we still want to get to the the, the big dance, um, we kind of have to finish this season 14 and four or 15 and three or 13 and five somewhere in, you know, in, in that ball club and that, in that range, that's kind of where we have to finish. Anything worse than that, you might you might be saying forget it. So I think it's very doable. I think we can get there. I don't know if we get the forty wins. Uh, forty would mean we that we go seventeen and one, right? Well, I'm I'm talking you you include the American oh, and, Conference including, including American Conference. Okay, okay, okay. I got I got you. I was about I, seventeen and one. I you went to that. ECU, but, but your your, your math's <laughs> better than that. <laughs> I wasn't uh, I wasn't counting the American Conference championship. But I, I do think it's doable. But in the same breath, this is what we have to do. There's no choice. If, if, if there's, you know, like I said, we're, we're still in a driver's seat, but it's not like there still isn't tornadoes and all this other stuff around us. You know, we, we still have to pay attention at the will. So we have to finish strong. We have to continue to do what we got to do. It is obtainable, but it starts this weekend with a very good two-lane team. For sure, yeah. And I saw that ECU has crept up into the top 50 again in, in the rankings. That's good. If you go 14 and four of your next 18, you're, you're looking at a team that's in the top 30, probably looking at a team that's getting a number two seed in, in the college world series. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's going to be a possibility to host. You'd have to probably go 18 and zero and then sweep the conference tournament yeah. Yeah, to, you just to, to get a chance to host. Right. But I, I do think that the stars are aligning and, we, we told y'all, we told y'all, listeners at home, listeners on the road, wherever you are, we told y'all, don't 
don't lose uh, confidence in this team just yet. And, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, you haven't, we haven't. And this team is starting, like I said earlier, starting to click on all cylinders and really starting to come alive. Um, I want, I want to talk about Garrett Saylor, man. This guy is coming into form. I believe he had four, four scoreless innings yesterday against UNCW, which I mean, mm-hmm. UNCW is not a slouch, right? I mean, no, you, you talk about that. You've got guys like Jake Kuchmaner. Now, Jake Kuchmaner, he left the game Saturday after five and a third scoreless with an apparent injury. Still no word on the severity of that injury that mm-hmm. I've heard. Um, I haven't seen anything. So as far as we know, he, he may still be available this weekend, but I'm not holding my breath. And if, if we lose Jake Kuchmaner right at this point, that that's a tough loss for this yes. ball club. Um, after the first couple of weeks, he's really come into form and been the Jake Kuchmaner of old um, over the past three or four weeks, and we really need him for the for the stretch run to the postseason. No, I, I absolutely agree. Losing him would be devastating. Um, I, hopefully, you know it's 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 nothing too serious, and and we can get Jake back. Um, but just the consistency, like like I said at the top, of how we've been playing to be able to win five straight. I didn't think we, we were going to win five straight, not this late in the season. I kind of figured we kind of stumbled to the finish, in my honest opinion. We have not done that. We have turned it on. We've woken up. The bats have woken up. The bullpen has woken up. Everything is kind of getting back into form. And a lot of people said, you know, ECU will figure it out. Um, and, and they have. And, and they're starting to. So just to continue with this consistency and to continue to get these – these wins in these series, you know, sweeps are <laughs> priority number one, but winning is is next after that because we can't really lose any more series at all down the stretch. So just keeping up this consistency is what I like to see. For sure. Well, Artie, um, this weekend's big, and so we have a big-time guest this week on the podcast. Oh, yeah. uh, somebody that's now been on three times after this episode – uh, Corey Glore, play-by-play voice for Tulane Baseball Radio um, on, on the radio. Former ECU baseball play-by-play voice. Mm-hmm. He joins us. Are you, how about we send it over to him? Let's do it. Always a good time with Corey. I hope you guys enjoy this. For sure. And this ep- this interview is brought to you by Can I Brands. So, Artie, you can optimize your performance with – their athletes choice bundle. I've been using it. I used it yesterday after I, I mowed the lawn. It, it was a good enough workout that I needed it. You get the, uh, you get the can I men cream. It's like a lotion that you can rub on your sore muscles. You get the can I sleep. It, it's mm-hmm. an oil that helps you. It's got melatonin in it, helps you fall asleep at night, get that good recovery rest. And then you have the can I boost that you take the next morning to give you that, extra energy to get through the day it's their athletes bundle already optimize your performance with their athletes choice bundle can i boost is the perfect pre-workout to promote your physical performance to help ease those sore muscles post-workout use can i mend with sleep being extremely important in the recovery process have a great night's sleep with can i sleep adding these three products into your daily workout regime will help support you in achieving your fitness goals. Artie, it's great. What do you have what do you have to tell me about Can I Brands? 
all natural ingredients. I think I spoke on this before. The, the athletes bundle is definitely my go-to. It's the one I like to use the most. Um, I just get the most out of it. Um, and, they, and they've already got, you know, a special on their website. I was thinking that, you know, normally I think it's like 170. They got it down to 125 right now. Definitely worth the price. Definitely worth going over to canibrands.com, checking out that athletes bundle. If you're somebody that is physical, somebody that is active, somebody that is, you know, out there working those muscles, whether you need it in the morning, whether you need it before you work out, whether whether you need it at night, this bundle is perfect for all of that. So I definitely suggest using that and use that promo code. Boneyard25 for 25% off on canibrands.com and canihyphenwellness.com. Canibrands.com will uh, be where you can get that athletes bundle that we just talked about. Go get it, guys. You'll thank us later. I promise. So with that, Artie, let's send it over to our interview with Corey Glore. Let's do it. This week on the Boneyard Podcast, we are pleased to be joined once again by uh, now friend-turned-foe of, of the podcast, three-time guest, Corey Glore, joining the podcast. Corey, how's it going, my friend? Gentlemen, good to see you again. Thanks for having me. The, the pleasure Absolutely. is all ours. Yes. Absolutely. We, we were just talking uh, before, we, we've all been kind of moving around lately, I mean, you moved last year to Tulane, but it sounds like you just bought a house. Is that correct? I didn't buy a house. I'm renting a house now in the city. I, I had lived in a, a suburb just west of town when I first got here. And about a little over two weeks ago, I moved into town. And so I'm gotcha. still getting situated in my new place uh, in mid-city New Orleans. Um, I don't think I'll be fully settled in until baseball ends because the baseball season is never ending it always is <laughs> happening and so uh but yes uh all three of us apparently have recently uh, changed locations here so that's all we're going to talk about today <laughs> that's it but uh but Corey, yeah i mean Tulane's had a had pretty much a hell of a season to start the season this year um they went on the road this past weekend at houston correct they were on the road it was at yeah. houston right yeah and uh i mean that that was three great games it seemed like just, just looking at it what can you tell me about this Tulane team from from a outside perspective well I would say uh, as someone who called those games in Houston uh, I think we might have a different definition of great not necessarily because Tulane dropped two of three but though I mean an 11 to 10 final a 10 to 9 final uh in the back two games that series like, that's not where you usually are seeing on a weekend here. Uh, but I think right now Tulane is um, – they have some pretty stellar talent on this team. There have just been some moments where it's it's been a roller coaster here. And right now it's on a little bit of a valley. Uh, they've lost four of six with that Houston weekend, kind of the crux of it. And so I think right now that they've had some incredible highs here. They were on a six-game winning streak. They – took two at Louisiana Tech earlier in the year. They took two for Mississippi State, which, granted, Mississippi State hasn't looked great this year, certainly not World Series champion level like they were a season ago. But they've had some of those moments and where they put things together as a team that they know they can be, which is conference champion contending team and NCAA tournament team. Now they're in a little bit of a funk, and it's kind of started on the mound. And so this series coming up this weekend, um, they knew it was going to be important even before the year started. 
And now I think there's an understanding of there's a lot more on the line here over the next three games for this team. Yeah, you know, getting into the American a little bit, you know, Tulane is definitely one of the better teams in the American. What chances do you give them to, you know, go ahead and win a conference championship? And who might be, you know, their their biggest, you know, two or three biggest opponents? Well, uh, ask me again in about five days. I mean, <laughs> this this weekend, there's a lot on it for, for obvious reasons here. With, with ECU now, I think pretty clearly finding its rhythm back after a very shaky start. And now with Tulane, who's been playing, you know, pretty – consistently most of the year and has been at the top of this league for most of the season. And now in this, in this little stretch right now where they just haven't played clean baseball, um, this home series with ECU is the, the telltale right now for Tulane to not just get back on track, but then to send that message that, yeah, you know what? We are ready to make that jump. The, the message heading into the season from Travis Jewett was this program's been knocking on the door of a conference championship of the NCAA tournament. Now it's time to kick it down. And with the recent play here over the last week and a half, I think he's looking for now a kick this weekend, a kicking the door down against the team. That's the team to beat. Um, even with the ebbs and flows that ECU has had this year. And so, you know, outside of ECU, you know, Cincinnati is sitting six and three, but they're just kind of the same team that they've always been. Good lineup. Pitching's not there. We'll see them in a couple of weeks. Houston's lineup was a lot better than I was expecting when I saw them last weekend, but they're very thin on the mound. We go to UCF the weekend after this one, and I know ECU did a number on them, so I'm fascinated to see what they look like, but it kind of starts with this weekend and whatever the results are this weekend is going to be, I think the direction of Tulane as a potential conference champion here, they take this series, they're back in first. If they take all three in this series, then it, it kind of sends that shot across the bow to the rest of the American that, all right, now we're the team to come get. So come get us. Right. Mm -hmm. Now looking at, looking at Tulane and their, their scores across the season. I mean, it seems like, they're, they've got a really high-powered offense. Um, I mean, I'm seeing a lot of double-digit scores put up on, on the Tulane side. Uh, what can you tell me about this offense, and, and who's a who's maybe that guy we should look out for uh, this this weekend? It's uh, it, Right now, as we sit here today, they're second in the nation in doubles, which I believe they're up to 95 now with oh, wow. the loss last night against Southern Miss. Um but it, it's a lineup that there were a ton of young power bats last year that broke through. Some true freshmen last year in Bennett Lee, who was a freshman All-American, same with Chase Englehart at second base. They struggled to start the year. They're starting to look like themselves again over the last couple of weeks. But it's been Ethan Groff at the top of the order, who is the best hitter in the conference. He is top 10 in the country in batting average. He is on a streak of three home runs in the last three games. He just is always on base, and everything he hits, even his mishits, are hit hard. And so a guy that has battled injury when he first got here did not have a good year last year as a redshirt freshman. He has really broken out, and Tulane has needed him because the early part of the year, the guys that they were hoping to lean on again, the Lees, the Engelhards, the Jake LaPrairie, who's having a down year this year, 
they really battled to begin the year. But Groff has been consistent from the start. Luis Avila's right behind him on a bit of a downturn right now, but he was scorching hot for most of the month of March. He's sitting in the two hole. And then it's been a couple of freshmen that have really stepped up in a big way here. Jackson Lynn, um, the left fielder here for this team, drafted by Houston out of high school, but didn't sign. And this kid is, a, he reminds me a lot of Bryson Worrell. And uh, I've mentioned that to our coaching staff here when I've just been around Jackson, which he's very raw, but the skill set is unbelievable. And it reminds me a lot of when Bryson started at ECU, where it's a true five tool guy just needs to get the reps and Jackson's been getting regular reps here over the last four weeks. And he's the second best hitter on this team and top five in the conference right now. And so I think he's starting to realize how talented he is. That was, I think the hurdle for him. And now he's realized it. And then right behind him, a kid from Milwaukee, but dear to my heart, <laughs> uh, Brady Marguette, who's taken kind of the first base position a lot, either first base or DH big left-handed kid, six foot five, and really put a charge in the baseball. And the last 10 games, he has just been doing nothing but hitting some ropes, either to the right center gap or over the wall. And so he has really stepped up in a big way. So this team came in with 21 new faces, and 11 of them were freshmen. And so they needed some of these new guys to step up. And you're seeing that now here in the middle of the lineup. And it's been huge for this team. It's allowed the veterans to kind of navigate through some choppy waters in the first half of the year and now start to finally settle in. Gotcha. You know, speaking on the ECU side of things, you know, they've, they've come on as of late, right? I mean, I think they've won five straight games, but the season has been pretty mediocre from a, from a, you know, a, a pirate nation standpoint, we definitely expected the win loss column to be a little bit better uh, than what it, what it is. What are your thoughts on ECU baseball as it pertains to this season and some of the uh, struggles and pitfalls? I mean, it, it certainly has been surprising. It, it is not a shock to me that now the ship is pointed back in the right direction. It's seven of nine that they have won now and, and five in a row. Um, it seems pretty clear that the, the Carson Wisenhunt situation was a real punch to the gut to start the year. And, you know, that's the preseason conference pitcher of the year. And I saw him in person last year. I know how talented that kid is. And when, He's taken out of the mix heading into opening weekend like that. Um, it's going to naturally put some things for a loop. And I, I think it took a long time for Cliff Godwin to find the right pieces on the mound once he found out that Wizard Hunt wasn't going to be coming back this year. And, and he's still, I think he's still looking for it a little bit here. It's still been kind of a trial by fire with some of these pitchers that, that ECU has. But, you know, I remember talking to Travis Jewett after the opening weekend of the season when ECU got swept by Bryant and like Travis and I were down the field before our midweek game and he's like, boy, ECU struggled. And I was like, yeah, I'm surprised by that too. And he said, they'll figure it out. They're too good. They're too tough to not figure it out. And maybe it's taken a little bit longer than fans were expecting than I maybe was expecting, but they figured it out now. I mean, that with the way that program operates with how Cliff, brings in the types of talents to fit the way he wants to play and just how relentless that team can be, how much pressure they can put on. There was no doubt that eventually there was going to be a switch turned on. And now the offense has come back. I mean, it was one thing for the pitching to be as struggling as it was to start the year, but 
the offense was really inconsistent in the first month of the season. Now they're starting to sort that out. And now they think they found their lineup um, to where they're putting up eight, 10 runs a game here over the last five games. So, yeah, it's been surprising to see unfold from afar. It is not a shock to me that they are right back in the mix here, leading the conference and now knocking on that at-large position where both of these teams sit right now. Now, Corey, a little bit of a fun question. Can you tell me from somebody that doesn't follow as much on, on Tulane baseball, Could you can you tell me what the slap the wall thing is all about? Yeah, that started as – Boy, it preceded my time, obviously, here. Um, that, that is um, it, essentially the player of the game after a win is uh, given that uh, slugger bird sticker to smack on the back of the dugout wall. Or for on the road, it's usually on the chest of Travis Jewett. Um, just smacks him really hard right in the sternum. I believe that started in 2020 in the COVID shortened year. Um, and it has really gained steam ever since every team has one of these um in some capacity whether it's celebrating a win celebrating a home run um certainly remember the the cone the birdhouse from last it's year still, it's, still, it's still around it's still exists. around that it does is. that still exist i mean if i know tyler smith left and i didn't know if he was like sending that down the line here but that's it, still a thing that ecu does now, now it's a cone and then there's a cowboy hat involved and there's a hockey stick involved at times like it Jeez. there's a lot going on that's getting complicated now it is. we don't have a home run celebration we just have to slap the wall and what's been cool is now fans here if they uh, they can sign up for kind of a it's called pledge per win where every time this team wins um, then you like you have another donation that you give towards the Greenway baseball program, and then you get a poster and you can put a slap the wall sticker on your own poster. And so fans are really taken to it here and it's really taken off. And so, um, and then the next game in BP, there's a slap the wall shirt that the guy who got to do it the night before is wearing. Um, and so, yeah, I think this is its third year uh, as the victory celebration here at Tulane. Nice, nice. Now, Corey, you've been in New Orleans for, for a little while now. You're not you're not a rookie to to the city anymore. New Orleans is definitely a, a bucket list destination for me. I've never been. Uh, so so now being a little bit of a veteran, what are, what are some spots I need to be hit up uh, when Jared and I make it down there? Well, are are you boys coming down this weekend? No, no, no. unfortunately, no. I feel like maybe, I would have heard uh, maybe yeah. <laughs> maybe this football season. Yes. Yeah, that's right. We do host you guys for football this fall. Um, fingers crossed, we can play a normal home schedule here <laughs> yeah. for football this year. Um, boy, I'll tell you what, there is, um, it has a little bit of a tourist, uh, mantra to it, but I, I'm still directing people to Parkway Bakery, where if you want a true po' boy gumbo, yes. um, you want a nice frozen New Orleans only drink, they have something mm -hmm. called the, the front porch, um, Parkway Bakery is exceptional. The, the okay. surf and turf po' boy, fried shrimp, and then roast beef debris on top. Oof. Well, it would kill you, but it's Oof. worth the death. Um, there's a, I honestly, I, I'm wary about saying this because of who I'm talking to, but I have found an unbelievable barbecue place here. Like, and that Ooh. shocks me. And I know I'm talking to North Carolina. Yeah. Um, they got to come correct. Yeah. It's, uh, it's called Blue Oak Barbecue. And I've now moved walking distance from that. Might not have swayed my decision. <laughs> 
Um, God, it's so good. Like, I, like my parents are coming down in a couple weekends time and I'm going to take them there. Like it's, uh, they want to go do the normal stuff. They want to, they're staying downtown. They want to go experience the quarter and whatnot. But mm -hmm. Blue Oak Barbecue is truly mind blowing here. So that there's a really good taco joint called Barracuda that is off the beaten path here. If you want quintessential New Orleans though, Parkway Bakery, Frankie and Johnny's is a good dive near Tulane that has the same type of food, po' boy, crawfish, all that stuff. And um, I mean, the great thing about this city is I, you know, you can just stumble into whatever and eat something great. I found a, a Vietnamese fusion restaurant not too far from where I live now that is wow. just insane. Like, it's just, I've gotten so fat here, boys. Like, it's just <laughs> disgusting. I've, I've got them down to Parkway, uh, Parkway Bakery, Blue Oak. Barracuda, I got them. I got them down. Yeah. I got you. Those, those are the the three that I think if you quintessential New Orleans stuff as well as stuff that is just done really well here. Nice. Now, kind of along those lines, I mean, you, you're you're well traveled now. You've you've been to a lot of places. Can you maybe think of your top three places that you you've had to go and been able to eat at? Oh boy! Oh boy! Trying to think of, well, here's when basketball was in the Bahamas this year, we stayed at the Bahamar Resort, and that that place is ungodly. Like, I mean, it's 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 think of the Atlantis Resort, but like like a slight notch above for adults. Like that's kind of what Bahamar was, and the 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 restaurant selections there are are truly unbelievable. Um, so that was a highlight. Um, I wasn't able to get any sort of cheesesteak in Philadelphia when we were there with basketball. We ran into some travel issues there. I was hoping to get that knocked off my list, so that's going to have to change next year. Um, God, where else have I been? And what else have I eaten? That's a tough question, Jared. <laughs> um, I mean, we were just in Houston over the weekend. Not a ton that's really mind-blowing in the city of Houston, except for Torchy's Tacos. Um well, I mean, we did go to Central Barbecue when I was in Memphis, and that's a really good—that's a really good spot. And so, um, yeah, I mean, that—that's not a great answer, but that's kind of all I can provide for you there. So, now, I mean, I'm spoiled here in this city. I won't. Uh, lie. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, that—that's probably out of all the places in in the American Athletic Conference, New Orleans is probably the place with the best food. I mean, I, I don't even think it's a problem. Yeah, like, I, I don't. I, I don't think it's it, close it second either. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's. I I haven't been to one spot yet in this conference. I haven't been to Tulsa yet, or and and I haven't been. Um, I I have been to Navy. I guess I've been to Navy once. That was with East Carolina for a basketball yeah. game. Um, so I've been to Annapolis, but the only city I've not been to in the league is Tulsa. Um, and I can't imagine there's anything that's hiding around in the cuisine scene there in Oklahoma right. that's going to take right. anything away from New Orleans here. Right. Now, one thing that, I mean, the, the American Athletic Conference is built a, around a bunch of major cities. I mean, New Orleans, Houston, Orlando, yeah. Tampa, Philly. Really, there's, there's only really one actual college town. But I, I'm always interested. I mean, I see, two, I, I see Tulane stuff here all the time. And I, I'd like to know, like, does Tulane, does New Orleans ever feel like a like a college town? That's a great question. Um, 
I mean, when you are around, this campus is not very big. Uh, and so when, and everything is really jammed in tight. So when you're around this campus, it does certainly have that feel. I think when you're out and about in town, uh, there's so many other things that are kind of grabbing your attention that it doesn't quite have a college town feel. Now, when you're hanging out downtown and you're hanging out at night downtown, it can certainly feel like a chaotic college city environment just with people who are older and should know better um but uh, frankly Tulane plays second fiddle college wise here to LSU and so you there you're, you're always battling that kind of fighting for room against LSU when LSU is playing well in football or basketball then the city does have a little bit of a beat to it and, and frankly, when, when Tulane plays well, there it exists here as well. Um, that, that happened with basketball this year, where they were playing so much better than they have in a long time, and they certainly weren't expected to play as well as they did. Uh, and so the city did have, did have a little bit of a vibe behind it surrounding Tulane basketball. Um, the trick here is that with Tulane, it's a very international student body, and the alums don't stay here necessarily. They are much more widespread than public schools are. Uh, and so the fan base exists, it's just far more spread out. So it's not necessarily here in New Orleans where you have a ton of, you know, lockdown diehard fans. They, they exist here, no question. Um, but in terms of this being a college town, um, it doesn't quite have that feel. It is a town with a ton of things going on and a ton of entertainment. Uh, and so in that respect, it does have that element to it, but not a true, like everything around the city is built around this. That's what, you yeah. know, Greenville is that. Greenville is East Carolina and everything kind of radiates out from it. That's not the case here. Yeah, that makes sense. That definitely makes sense. I got one last question for you, just about Tulane baseball. You know, let's let's say they do go on a run. They do string together, you know, some 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 wins and they win the American. What, what odds and what chances do you give them in the NCAA tournament? How far do you think they can actually make it as a conference champion coming out of the America? Well, I think that the thing with I found with the the college baseball tournament is that the regional weekend is so unpredictable that you can come in with all the horses in the world and you can still flame out. Like I mean, it's yeah. just the the that's the nature of this sport. It's the most fickle sport on, on the planet, baseball. Um, and so I think this team has the talent to compete for a conference, has the talent to win a regional. Um, a lot of it depends on where they go. They're, they're definitely not hosting a regional. Uh, no one in the league will be. Um, yeah. And the league has to have a month to figure out if they're going to get more than one team in, um, which is a shock to think about. But um, this team has the lineup to, I think, battle with plenty of people here. Um, right now, I think there are some questions on the mound that three weeks ago didn't necessarily exist. And so how that looks a month from now is going to be the tail of the tape as to just what this team is capable of doing. That's a tail of tape for everybody. If you don't have the horses on the mound, you're not going to get through a regional weekend, period. That's how Tulane got through in 19 and 21 is that they had the arms to get through it. Um Right now, Tulane has the talent on the mound. They need to find a consistency on the mound because right now it's been a little bit wobbly. So when come Clearwater time, when you need to have 
depth in your pitching staff to run through to Sunday there. Um, I think Tulane has the capability to be that. They just need to start showing it a little bit more here. All right. Well, Corey, we have one question from uh, from a listener. I don't know if you saw on Twitter. Uh, Chris Bray oh, asked. Oh, yes, I did. Yeah. Chris Bray <laughs> asked, uh, have you gotten a dog yet? I've not. No. Now that I've moved uh, and I'm going to try and sway the landlord here to maybe uh, allow uh, an animal in my new place. Um, but uh, no, now that I have hopefully found a place where I'm going to settle down. And now that I have a pretty good handle of what my uh, work schedule is calling three sports here, um, then I, ideally a, a dog is in my near future. But yes, I, we did have a bark in the park here a few weeks ago. It was wonderful. Uh, I was notified that ECU had a bark in the park not too long ago. I just saw Cincinnati's having one and just like, if everyone can schedule their bark in the park from when I'm in town, I would appreciate it because it just makes the day so much brighter. What, what, what kind of dog, what kind of dog are you thinking about getting? See, here's the thing. I, I am team Husky, but this is not the greatest climate to put a Husky. Yeah. In. Yeah. Um, yeah. I agree. And I, it's like, I mean, I, I'm a Northern Illinois graduate Huskies all the way. Um, but when you get to July here and it's 90 degrees and 80% humidity, that's just cruel to a Husky. So mm -hmm. I'll have to do some uh, proper research as to what kind of dog would make sense here for me and the city of New Orleans um, that uh, I know will also be a very good dog. Awesome. Well, any, any thoughts on a name? I, you know, I won't spoil that. Uh, I do. A, I do have a name in mind here for whenever I get a dog. Uh, it, it's uh, I've had it on my mind for a while. Most people treat this that seriously for a child, but I mean, well, my wife yeah. and I we we have our dog's name picked out. So yeah, I mean, one, so. a, I mean, what's a baby really worth? I know. Although I just found out a massive tax break, according to my sister. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, apparently, oh, that is sweet. earning a home. Like I don't. Yeah. Yeah, what's that like? What's what's adulthood like? No, I've I've got uh, I've got something in the bank ready to go for when I finally acquire a pup. Awesome. Well, Corey, uh, that that's all I got. Thank you again for joining us. Uh, now, actually, last question: Are are you calling the games on both radio and ESPN Plus for Tulane? Or, or no, I'm just going? on radio here. They bring in a separate crew for television. I think they use me. For opening weekend, they just took my call for opening weekend. But uh, but no, they bring in someone far more professional to call um, <laughs> games. Jack Benjamin does a really good job. And Ron Soboda does the color analyst. And he was part of the Miracle Mets team and is a resident here. And so it, that's a good crew. But, you know, if you if you want to take a gander this weekend and, and dive into uh, your old pal, Corey, I'll certainly welcome you in to the broadcast here if you know, if you want to listen to Scooter, I completely understand. Um, but uh, but no, I'll be around this weekend on, on your radio dial and your friendly mobile device. Awesome. Nice. Well, Corey, thank you again for joining us. Uh, we'll, we'll have to get you back on again. We we well, we just need to schedule you in every like couple months. Right. Just just a regular guest. That's that's what Corey is now. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about the the house situations and how we're all doing with the new moves. Yeah. We can talk about life and love and. Wilson, exactly dogs all that stuff yeah dogs i mean that's the joys of life that that sounds great well Corey, thank you again um we'll, we'll talk to you soon thank you boys appreciate it oh yeah
Once again, that was our interview with Corey Glore, play-by-play voice of Tulane baseball, Tulane football, I believe now, and Tulane basketball. Guys doing it all for them. Always a pleasure catching time with him, and we're, we're so grateful that he took time out of his busy work schedule to hop on the phone with us. Artie, your thoughts on Corey Glore? Yeah, I mean – Three-time friend of the podcast, always gives us a good time, always comes on and is entertaining. He's funny. He's knowledgeable. Corey's, I mean, he's going to be a regular guest. At this point, Corey's just going to be a regular guest. He's going to be a four, five, six-time friend of the podcast. So Pirate Nation, get used to having Corey as a regular guest on the Boneyard Podcast. Love sitting down and and, and picking his brain and picking his knowledge. And uh, he gave me some great places to go to in New Orleans. So once we get down there, I cannot wait to check out some of those spots he told us to go to. Yeah, for sure. And I'm, I'm interested to see what he names his dog. Artie, if you got a dog yes. right now, what would you name him? Just put me on the spot. Now, I, I don't I have no I don't even know what dog I want, to be honest with you. And I want a dog. Man. I don't even know what dog I want. Yeah, we've already got one. I'm not going to say it on the podcast because I don't want everybody to take it. Which, I mean, I guess every, there's probably people that already have this dog's name. Savannah's even down with it. My wife, Carolina alum, is down with this name. Ficklin. Petey? Ficklin. Oh, Ficklin. Okay. That's original. I like that. I like Ficklin. A a golden retriever named Ficklin is uh, in in the near future here in the Shappet household. Um, I like that. I thought you were going to say Petey come out your mouth. No, I I, I offered to get two dogs and name one Ramsey's and one Petey, and she she didn't like that. And then she always says, <laughs> no offense to the Minji's family and the Minji's bottling company, but she always says it sounds like an STD. So I don't, uh, we're not doing that either. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I told her, I was like, we can get, I, I when I first brought the name, I thought I, <laughs> I, thought I was going to have to really uh, work for it. So I, I offered, I said, Hey, why don't we get two dogs out? We can name one Keenan for Keenan Memorial in, in Carolina. Yeah. Yuck. Um, and we'll name one Ficklin. And she was like, Oh, no, no, I'll, we we can get two dogs, but I, uh, she said, I don't care to name it Keenan. She, she doesn't really care about the sports there, except for she watched one game, and that was the uh, Duke I, Carolina in, in the final four. Yeah, I was, I was about to say, when, when Carolina's good, she probably watches for a little bit, but that's that's, that, that's the only game. She, that's the only game. Yeah. I mean, my, my wife's just like every other Carolina fan, she only watches the big games. Um, right. And it's only the basketball games. Yeah, but she actually went there, unlike everybody else that went to Walmart and bought a T-shirt. Um, <laughs> Carolina fans are just taking a bunch of ricochet shots right yeah. now. <laughs> Sorry, I got I, I got more. I can keep going. Um, but yeah, I'm still uh, stuck on this Minji's comment. Sounded like an STD. I don't know. She said, <laughs> "Now that's 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 never going to leave me. Now that's always going to be that's going to be and, in." in ingrained in my brain and as a as the former president of the Minji's maniacs i'm like savannah you can't say that you can't say that <laughs> that place that that place means a lot to me um uh, right. does and because I, I was like hey we can have one we can have a dog named clark or leclerc and then we can have a dog named Minji's, and we can have a dog named ficklin and she was like ficklin's where i draw the line like that that's the only <laughs> one and i was like all right so what about dowdy and uh, can we get two and name one Dowdy, one named Ficklin? And she was like, no. Um, so we'll, I'll have to come up with more uh, ECU dog names as we go on. <laughs> Tweet at us. If you have a dog named, 
named after something with yeah. you. Tweet at Twitter us. Tweet us a picture with your dog and his name. Yes. And that's what I want to see. If you have a dog named after something with ECU, that's what we want to see. That's the kind of content that that the Boneyard Podcast likes to see. We'd love to see everybody's little doggos. Are you still thinking about what type of dog you're going to get? You know, I mean, I love boxers. I I, I love boxers. Um, I do. I do like huskies. You should get a you should get a boxer and name him Ali. Boxers, uh, Huskies, Labradors, especially Chocolate Labs. Those are probably my top three. I don't want anything small. I don't. I don't. I like small dogs, but I don't want a small. Aren't boxers small? No, boxers are medium sized dogs. Okay, we had. They're not not small. When I when I think of small, I think of like you know like a Shih Tzu or a Chihuahua or like a like Bell. You know, a little yes. (laughs) That's what I think of a small dog. My my dog Bell is a fifteen pound dog that takes up half of the bed and uh lays all over the couch she takes up the whole couch but she's 15 pounds somehow um that's uh that's that's, yeah. that's still baby girl though bell is bell is baby oh, girl yeah 100%. she 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 is she is my angel she's my princess that's why I t- that's why I tell Savannah we can't have daughters I said I'm gonna spoil them too much like I, I can't say no to bell I can't say no to a daughter I know it for sure um but that's a that's enough about my personal life on the Boneyard podcast, this is not why people come to listen to us. Um, gosh, now I we did. My brother in law has a husky, and there's a lot of hair, lots of hair. Oh yeah, no, trust me, I know. I, I got a few friends with huskies, and I know that that's a it's a lot. It's definitely and, a lot, but they're beautiful dogs. Like they're just they're gorgeous dogs. T- talking about naming, so all my wife's family's dogs are named after Disney princesses. Violet, you have uh, Belle, and then you have Aurora. Mm-hmm. I said, I, I told my brother in law this to his face. I said, that's a stupid ass name for a dog. <laughs> it's a husky. It, I get it, Aurora Borealis, but also Aurora, right. the, the princess. And I was like, I, there's too many R's in there for me to, for me to say it. I, so I just call her the wolf. Um, she, she's not Aurora to me. She's just the wolf. You know, honestly, I think I like, I think I like old school names, like, like names, like our grandparents and great grandparents has like, like give me an Otis or like a Theo an Otis. or, you know, what, what else? What else? Is like I, I'm, like I'm using school. that on the kids. Uh, we're, we're using that on the kids. <laughs> Some of those grandparent names are. are yeah. I like the old the school grandparent names. Give I'm telling you, those. get it, it. It's punny. Get a boxer and name him Ali. <laughs> I'm not naming my dog Ali. Why not? Because I don't. I don't want to name Ali. Get, get a get a boxer and name him Floyd. He's like, oh, what, what kind of dog you got? A boxer. What's his name? Ali oh, or George? Okay. George. <laughs> Fury. How about Fury? Mm-hmm. Boxer named Fury. Boxer named Fury. Maybe. I'm telling Artie. I'll just out if 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 I'm going the boxer route at this point I'm just gonna Maybe. say Money Mayweather I'm just, just gonna call him Money Mayweather. Yeah, I mean, money is a good one. Just call him Money. Money, come here, Money. Come here, I Money. I sure do spend money on you. Exactly, but uh, already the uh, the Pirate baseball team is not the only ECU uh, 
thing to be watched in, in New Orleans this weekend. HV3 is teaming up with Bubba Watson in the Zurich Classic. It's a team event. Uh, so he's pairing up with Bubba Watson in, in Zurich in the Zurich Classic down in New Orleans. Oh, Bubba. And uh, yeah, let's talk a little, little bit about HV3, man. He has been on an absolute tear as of late. I mean, he's had some of his best finishes on PGA Tour this in 2022. He won in Saudi Arabia like, mm-hmm. in, back in what, February? Yeah. Dude is absolutely living life right now. And I mean, made the cut at the Masters, tied third. He honestly, had he played a little bit better on Friday, I don't know if you watched any. If you played yeah, a little yeah. bit, if you played a little bit better on Friday, probably would have won the whole damn thing. I mean, he was plus one on Friday and ended up finishing tied third, a shot off, off the lead and a shot away from being in a playoff. I think if he had been minus one, had he been minus one on Friday, he would have won the whole thing. He was and, close, and, and then, he was he was definitely close. And then even on Sunday to tie and get into the playoff. He missed the putt by maybe, maybe two inches. I think it was more like an inch. He missed mm-hmm. a long putt. I think it was about 35-footer. And, man, he's he's going to break through and he's going to get one. He's he's going to get one, and then he's going to solidify himself as a top 25 player in the world here in the next couple months. I, I'm calling it. You know, I'm, I'm going to call it. I'm going to go out on a limb. He's winning the Wyndham Championship here in Greensboro, and I believe it's in August. Ooh, bank on it! That would be nice too. Close to home, got got ties that, back here. That that tournament is known for being won by North Carolina people. Yeah, I mean, I know JT Poston, West Carolina grad. Uh, no, yeah, West Carolina grad. He's won. Um, who else has won there? Why, why am I not Brent Seneker? I mean, I think he's won there, but um, why am I blanking on this guy's name? He's from Raleigh. I think he, I think he went to NC State. I think he's won there twice. Um, whoever, whatever his name is, I think he's an NC State alum, so it doesn't matter. Um, Kevin Kisner, who's a South Carolina guy, has won there. So yeah, it's known for being won by people from the area and uh yeah I'm, I'm calling it calling my shot hv3 wins the wyndham championship wyndham classic or whatever they call it now in greensboro uh coming up in i believe it's august so yeah, yeah no, I, I i honestly could not have said it better myself i think now it's just him putting it all together and winning one of these big ones getting getting one under his belt his consistency just like we mentioned with baseball HV3's consistency over the last few months and him kind of climbing up these rankings and not just saying, oh, well, you know, he had a nice day. He had a nice show. You know, like he's legit, legitimately putting himself in positions to win these tournaments. He's just coming up a little bit short. So love to see it. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I agree with you. I'll, I will go out on a limb and agree with you saying he'll, he'll win the window out there in August. Another crime. I lived in Greensboro 20 years and never been to a window. So I need to actually go to one of these tournaments. I've, so, been to, I've been to one, and I only went on Sunday. That was the year JT Poston won. That's why I knew about him winning it. Um, I was sitting on 18 green. Uh, I, my, my wife and her line of work, I was 
fortunate enough to get uh, tickets in the Wyndham box where all the Wyndham execs yeah. were. And man, by the end of it, I was so sloshed. It, it was, I mean, I, all I had to do was look at the bartender and she knew to bring me a whiskey ginger. And I, I had drank probably about 15 of those in the, <laughs> in the three hours that I was there. And oh I goodness. was, yeah. 15? Are you like, that's a little the, bit of an exaggeration. No, no. The I mean, these weren't like the big cups. They're, they're yeah. Like, like, bit, like your typical standard they're, bar. They're a little size. bit bigger. They're a little bit big or a little bit smaller than like a sub dog, sub dog's cup. Yeah. Yeah. Um, your, your, your typical bar size. Yeah. Cup, yeah. Something you like, get in Greenville. Yeah. Like if you were to go to, if you were to go to 519 and order like yeah. a Red Bull vodka, not exactly a double. That's what I'm thinking of too. Not a double, but those little cups. It was like 15 of those. I mean, that's still going to get you there. And then I was telling her, pour it and then bring me a lime with each one. And that that's my drink. If if you see me at a bar and you want to buy me a drink, whiskey ginger with a lime, going to get me there every single time. I'm going to be your best friend. You'll be a friend of the podcast for life. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, already you've seen me drink a, a bottle of Jack on, on the beach during the summer, just making whiskey gingers all day long. Yes. That, that, that's what I do. So, yeah, H, I don't know how we get on that, but yeah, HV3. <laughs> we, we've made a, uh, made a habit of doing that this episode. Hey, the listeners might not enjoy it as much, but it, it makes it more fun at times. <laughs> making we, it, I'm telling you, it's a lot of fun making these. Yeah, so, um, yeah, he had his first ever 54-hole lead after Saturday on the PGA Tour. Um like I said, had he had just a little bit better of a day on Friday, he would have likely won the whole tournament. That's a big one to win down in Hill in Hilton Head. That would have qualified him for next year's Masters as well. Um, but yeah, he's playing in the Zurich Classic this weekend in New Orleans. This is a big tournament because, like I said, it, it's a it's a group matchup. So like, he's playing with Bubba Watson there on a team. I don't know the exact format off the top of my head and I'm not pulling it up, but if they win, that counts as a PGA tour win. Mm-hmm. It can, you get both guys, get the points, both guys. Well, Bubba's got a automatic exemption for life into the masters being a master's champion that gets HV three into the masters next year. That helps him in his FedEx cup rankings. So that would be, that would be big. If, uh, if HV3 and Bubble can find a way to pull it out this weekend, but I'm still calling it HV3 wins at the Wyndham in Greensboro uh, coming up later this year. Book it. Book well, it. Artie, there's been a lot of winning going on in Greenville uh, the past couple of weeks mm-hmm. from ECU baseball being 5-0 and in their last five games, HV3 being a winner on the course, um, not finishing number one, but – Finishing in the top three or top two several times. Sup dogs, man. They yes, are three time champs. Our boy Brett, our Shout friends out, at Brett. Sup Dogs, yep. have won it. The revenge tour has complete. been completed. Man, I, I love that place. Three out of four, baby. Three out of four. That this is officially a dynasty now. You and, cannot and take they, it away from us. You they, can't argue it. We are officially a dynasty. Give us our third banner. 
Put it up there in the rafters. Give us our rings. We are a dynasty. For sure, yeah. And the time we lost, they needed Aaron Rodgers, Guy Fieri, yeah. And and then the the group or the company that was sponsoring the thing to help them win. They needed all three of those. And it was still close. Really, it should be four. The one loss should have an asterisk next next to it. Hey, look. If if we won four straight, they would have they would have got all up in arms and said, you know, oh well, it's rigged, this, that, and the other. It's all good. Three out of four is a dynasty, baby. You can't argue it. Three out of so, four is a dynasty. Shout out to everybody who voted, bought T-shirts. I, I got one coming still. Uh, I bought one in the championship round. I'm excited about it. Um, but, yeah, shout out, sup dogs. Already, we keep saying we're going to get to doggy jams or we're going to get to one of these championship parties. We got to get down there. We got yeah, I, no, no. Honestly, like, like we really do. We've had so much stuff coming up, but like, I really do want to know when this party's gonna be because I would love to get down there. I would we'll, love to actually. We'll have, hopefully, it's like the weekend of the thirtieth or something like that. That that's a weekend that's right. pretty wide open for me, and I am down to get down there and party in Greenville. And, and uh, you know, and the the fact that we've bottom. had the the owner on our podcast twice gives me a little bit better of feeling that you know. We won't just go down there and waste our time. So, yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, so sup dogs, that's awesome. Brick Street uh, in at Miami University of Ohio, stupid name of a college. Y'all can walk <laughs> the damn plank. Brick Street. Why are you still- attacking? Why are you attacking Miami, man? Don't attack my. They haven't done that to us. Uh, some of their tweets over the past week when they were in going against us like talking shit to sup dogs like y'all I mean, are... that's, that, look it's all it's hey all i get fair. it i get it i it's get it fair. i get it i get it Artie. i mean <laughs> they still i don't think they've tweeted since they lost they're that they're down that bad yeah they should be so they lost to the best in the world it's all right yeah there's no sh- there's no shame in losing to michael jordan there can't be two number ones nope no shame in losing to the goat you, get, you just get to be the one number two. How about that? But once again, shout out, sup dogs. Artie, you got to walk the plank this week? I'm going to be honest with you. I'm fresh out of walk the planks. I had a few basketball ones, but I don't feel like talking about the NBA. So I'm going to talk about the NBA. Wait, you got it. The floor is yours, Mr. Shaffet. Uh Did you hear about this story that I have listed on here? No, it's about the Hornets coach, right? Yeah, so... I've not heard about this. The Hornets, before they got trounced by my Atlanta Hawks in the play-in game last week. <laughs> oh, I can go through this screen and choke you right now, Jerry. <laughs> go ahead, man. They they complained because they had to walk to the stadium, walk to the arena. Uh-huh. The walk was maybe 500 to 1,000 yards. Maybe. A train cut off the bus, and they were stuck in traffic, and they were going to be late to to warm ups and and to shoot around if they didn't get off the bus and walk. Mm. This is coming from the team hotel. Yeah, and they were saying they, they seemed like they were saying, "Oh, Atlanta planned this, or this was we're using this to light a fire under us." 
because like they're they're giving people reason to doubt us or whatever. They should have been doubting you. You lost by thirty <laughs> in the biggest game of all of your guys' careers. You lost by thirty. Trey Young wrecked your ass. So yeah. Walk the damn plank, Coach Borrego. I don't even know. Is that how you pronounce it? I don't keep up with the NBA enough. All I know is Trey Young is. And, and and this is why you should never, ever, 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 ever claim the Atlanta Hawks because you don't even keep up with the National Basketball Association. I, I, I watch the playoffs. I'm, I'm like every okay, other. Okay, what's, like, what's, what's, the, what's, what's the Heat Hawks series right now? O two 2 Miami. Okay, okay. I'm just making sure. Just making sure you know your team is down 0-2. I know. But hey, you got you got to come into the Hawks' nest and uh, play us at home. <laughs> Jimmy's gonna serve y'all up real nice, man. Jimmy Jimmy buckets ain't nothing to play with. He's gonna serve y'all up. Ice in his veins—that's why they call him Ice Tray. <laughs> he's nice, but he's by himself. Yeah, he is. Um, he's by he's by himself. Yeah, I, I watched last year on their run to the the what was it the conference finals. Yeah, they went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, like they I, were ni- I mean, they, that, they were nice. They put together a nice run. Who won last year? Milwaukee? Milwaukee. Milwaukee won the whole thing. Shout out Corey Glore. Um, yeah, I that I couldn't tell you who, who's won over the past couple of years. I know the Brooklyn Nets are overrated. I know everybody hates Kyrie for whatever reason. Um, <laughs> I, know he, I know he got fined 50 grand for making a gesture. I know, uh, what is it, Miles Bridges? Threw his mouthpiece at somebody in Atlanta when when they were there. Also, Miles yeah. Bridges walked the damn plank for that. That's yeah, gross. Yeah, he did. He um, did that while he was while he was walking out. So yeah, man, yeah, you I, can't you can't do I, that. Look, I, I, look, I, I, go ahead. I'm a I'm a I'm a big like proponent and fan of barking back at the at the fans. Like, if if you're a player, look, I'm I'm a grown ass man. Like, you're not gonna sit here and help with me the entire game and I'm not going to bark back at you at least a little bit. I'm, I'm okay with that. That doesn't, uh, To me as a fan, I'm paying all this money. I would enjoy that. Honestly, I would enjoy that fan to player interaction. Like I'm barking at you, you barking back. That's fun to me. Have, has but that ever happened to you? Uh, no, I've never been close enough for that to happen to me. <laughs> never been close enough. So I, I've never had floor seats like that or been close enough near a player the where what? that can happen. The one time that I remember somebody barking back at me, I, I believe it was SMU, ECU, SMU. Um, this might have been Mo's first year, I, I think. And uh, the SMU trainer, I, I think that's who it was, was down right, right by the entrance where, where SMU came out. That's where I always sat in that part of the boneyard, right on the sideline in the end zone. And uh, I guess their kicker's warming up, and he's standing there kind of watching the kicker or whatever. And I was he was bald, and I just was laying into him. This trainer, I, I mean, I was three sheets to the wind at this point. And I, I said, <laughs> I said, turn around, Mr. Clean. Like, just calling him Mr. Clean and calling him cue ball, all, all these things. And he eventually turns around and, looks at me he says your mom didn't seem to complain last night and i just shut up i was like that's a good one <laughs> but see that's fun i would have enjoyed it i'd be like ah he like he came back at me like i would yeah. enjoy that as a fan 
So I would I, I don't mind that. Everything else outside of that, yeah, that, that's got to be taken out the game. But the heckling from a player or a fan, I don't mind that. Artie, I want you to hear here's some homework for you. And for all the listeners, if you haven't seen it, I'm, y'all know I'm a big hockey fan, greatest sport in the world, in my opinion. Artie, go look up Ty Domi penal, penalty box fight. Why do I feel like you showed me this before? I feel like you might have shown me this before. Uh, I believe it was in Philadelphia, of course. Ty Domi played for the Montreal – or no, he played for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And uh, this guy was beating on the glass behind the penalty box. Glass breaks. Guy falls in to the penalty box with Ty Domi, one of the baddest guys in the NHL at the time. And Ty Domi just starts wailing on him. His son now plays for the Hurricanes, by the way. Uh, got his 100th career goal the other night. But, yeah, check that out. Very funny, very cool video. Um, so, yeah. But, Artie, you got anything else? Man, I don't have nothing else to add. It's been a good episode. It's always a good episode. It's always a good running running this uh, running this up with you and doing this. Pirate Nation, we love you. We hope you enjoy it as much as we enjoyed making it for you. And uh, wash your hands, wash your butts, and we out. Deuce. Peace.